Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, the place where the Raider Nation calls home since 1998. And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. JT, back with you as we continue hour number two, my final hour this week in Vegas before I head to L.A. To be with Raider Nation Radio, our teammates there on Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center. I lived in L.A. for 10 years, didn't spend a lot of time at the Convention Center. So it'll be interesting to see the weather's going to get warm, weather's going to get better here. Everybody's excited about what is in front of us here for the Raiders as they hired a new head coach in Josh McDaniels, the new GM in Dave Ziegler, and now they are making other coaching changes as Gus Bradley is the defensive coordinator in Indianapolis. Rich Basaccia all looks like he's going to land the job in Green Bay as their special teams coach. And there's going to be a lot of movement with coaches, and they're bringing in new coaches here, a completely different staff to come in and try to take this team to the next level. So that's where we're at here. And a lot of people should be talking about Coach Passaccia today over the next hour. If you'd like to say something nice to him on the way out and how appreciative you are of him, please do that at 702-365-9200. It's kind of Super Bowl week. So I think when it's Super Bowl week, you get lost in the shuffle on a couple of big topics. We should be talking about the game. But Rich Passaccia deserves a radio show to thank him. And so does Gus Bradley and everybody else. This is a business, everybody. And from time to time, when it comes to a business, really tough decisions are made that affect coaches, their wives, their kids, their family, their extended family that move to a town and it doesn't last long. These gentlemen were good coaches and they're going to remain good coaches in the league. Also, the Raiders went out and got a new defensive coordinator, highly regarded, Patrick Graham of the New York Giants. He comes in, a young guy who was really close to getting the Minnesota Vikings head coaching job. He was a finalist for that. So you got another name that's coming in here, highly sought after. The Giants wanted to retain him at all costs, and other teams were looking at him, including the Vikings. So I don't know how you want to sit here and evaluate this. I think what's going to happen is, The coach and the GM are going to be evaluated by the moves they make heading into the draft and free agency. That's when more people are going to sit around and go, okay, I like that move. I don't understand that move. Please explain that move to me. And these guys seem to be very transparent, and they'll do that. But as of now, there are a lot of changes happening in the NFL with all teams, not just the Raiders, but what makes it interesting with the Raiders is the Raiders were a 10-win team. So when you're a 10-win team, normally there's not a lot of change. There's not a lot of movement there because you're pretty close to getting it done and going to the next level. I'm just used to it, so I'm not shocked by any of this. I'm used to this. I'm just wondering if you feel like the coaches will be an upgrade. I think you do with Josh McDaniels. A lot of people understand he won six Super Bowls. When you win six Super Bowls, you are overqualified to do anything the rest of your life. Six Super Bowls is pretty damn impressive. He didn't win one. I mean, all these guys coming from the Kyle Shanahan tree – and all these guys come in from the Sean McVay tree have been on staffs that went to the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden they're stopping the league to hire these guys. Lovey Smith to the Texans is a bit bizarre to me. Uh, this is breaking news. The Texans expect to hire Lovey Smith as the head coach. Well, Lovey Smith is an African-American former head coach in a league that doesn't have enough African-American coaches. 
Lovey Smith deserves that job no matter what the color of his skin is. He won. He took a team to a Super Bowl in the past. He's a good coach, but he just went back to college and failed miserably. My wife went to Illinois. We watch all the Illinois football games at my house. Team had no life. They weren't well coached, and now he's going to coach in the NFL. So what it seems what's happening here is that the Houston Texans are not qualified to run their organization without knowing what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson at this time is really the X factor on that team. Is he going to coach? Is he going to play again? Is he going to be out of the league another year? Why would you want to coach that team if you didn't have Deshaun Watson? Why would you want to do that? Because you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. And it just seems like they're not very organized. Very unique time here to be a coach or to be a candidate in the NFL. And remember, Brian Flores has a lawsuit out against the league. And that lawsuit probably is keeping him from getting another head coaching job that he thought he would get. Alvin Kamara was arrested, but he was allowed to play in the Pro Bowl. Let that sink in. Let that sink in for a second. I want to know what the timeline was. So when the league knew that Alvin Kamara, there was an investigation or the cops told the league or something happened and Alvin Kamara was allowed to play. How does that happen? I don't get that. I want to know the exact timeline. Uh, the new update from Mike Triplett from ESPN is video evidence supports the allegations against running back Alvin Kamara. So there is video evidence, which is shocking in Vegas, huh? There's a camera bleeping everywhere when you get out of your car in Vegas. I always tell my friends when they come to town, and they're all on the up and up, my buddies. I say there's a camera on you the entire time you are here. No matter where you think you are, there's a camera looking right at you. Don't do anything stupid. Uh, reportedly, video surveillance shows Alvin Kamara punching a man approximately eight times before his associates proceeded to stomp on him several more times on the ground in a Las Vegas casino Saturday morning. I mean, this can ruin Kamara's career because it looks like he beat someone up and then all his buddies jumped on board and started kicking the guy when he was down, which is probably the most gutless thing you can do as a guy. If you're not getting fi- if you're not in the fight, step aside. Break up the fight and don't kick. And, and this is what's happening here. Kamara was taken into custody inside Las Vegas Allegiant Stadium on Sunday evening after the Pro Bowl. He was interviewed by police and arrested and charged with battery resulting in substantial bodily harm and booked at the Clark County Detention Center. He was released after posting bail late into Saturday night. Here's where it gets ugly. The man who was knocked unconscious suffered an orbital fracture to his right eye, among other injuries. I mean, really? You're in town for the Pro Bowl. You're a multimillionaire football player, and you're getting into fights and you're knocking a guy out unconscious, and then your buddies are kicking him on the ground, and then you play in the game, and then you get arrested in the stadium after the game? What the hell's going on? I mean, this is ridiculous behavior. Police said the video surveillance matched the man's account. The man said he started a conversation with one member of a group of people while waiting for an elevator as he was leaving the Cromwell at Dre's after night dark club on South Las Vegas Boulevard at 6.30 a.m. local time. 6.30 in the morning. 6.30 in the morning. Leaving Dre's. The elevator doors open. The man started to talk, walk towards the elevator along with the large party. But a man later identified as Camara. Put his hand on the victim's chest to stop him. 
The man then pushed Kamara's hands off his chest. Kamara pushed back hard enough to cause the man to stumble after the man recalled being hit and kicked by multiple people and lost consciousness. According to the police video surveillance, the man was speaking to a woman before the events occurred. So that's it. That is a black guy for Las Vegas. But, I mean, that comes with the territory. When you have nightclubs that are open until 6 in the morning or 4 in the morning, you're going to get people who are going to make bad decisions. So that's the latest update with Alvin Kamara as we open up this hour. So I gave you a lot to talk about today, I believe. The Pro Bowl, which I thought was the least competitive sporting event I've ever been to in my life. I repeat, I've had kids who played Little League Baseball, played high school football. I've been to every type of sporting event you could ever go to. This was a pure exhibition. If you would like to change, if you would like to change that going forward, what would you do to change it? I want to get into that. Because if you change it, you hurt the economy. You know, all these cities want sporting events. We had Joe Fortenbaugh from ESPN who joined us earlier Joe. And Joe talked about, you know, the television rights and the money and the TV networks that pay and negotiate all this. You just can't cancel the game. But what can you do to make the game a little bit more competitive? In hockey, they have all these different divisions play each other in a knockout tournament. They play three-on-three, and then the last team standing wins the game. Well, the word of the day, everybody, remember the game shows? The word of the day is gimmick. It's not about sports anymore. You just can't go to a sporting event. Go to a baseball game, what's going on there? Oh, they're putting a runner on second base. Why? It's the 10th inning. Yeah, why? Well, they think you want to go home. I don't want to go home. Well, yeah, you knew, you do want to go home. You just don't know you want to go home. So they're putting a runner on second base. And the same thing with other sports. What they're trying to do is dumb it down. And to me, the Pro Bowl challenges you as a fan. And I don't know. I don't think I'm one of the only people who believe this. I talked to a lot of people last night on this. Is that you have to train your mind going in. If I would go to the Pro Bowl again, I would train my mind going in that they're not playing football. They're playing two-hand touch. And I would get a better position at the bar, which I did. Problem is, it cost a lot to drink at Allegiant Stadium, which is not a big deal. It was a work night for me. I had a couple of Modellos in the Modella Cantina Club. But it wasn't a game. It was an exhibition. And when you have an exhibition, you got to be prepared for that. you got to be prepared for no competition, no tackling. And then you just don't care. I mean, how could you actually care about a sporting event where they don't tackle and they're playing a tackle football game? So that's everything that happened here yesterday. If you went to the Hockey All-Star Game, could you compare it? If you went to both, Hockey and the Pro Bowl, which one do you think was better? Pro Bowl had more fans, but Hockey's game, Hockey's game was low scoring, and the goalies played really well in that game. So with all that combined, we had two major sporting events in town, and the sporting events did well for the economy, and everybody's had a really good time. Uh, going out there, but I don't know what the price points was. I have season tickets. I have tickets. I think I know what they t- what they uh, cost. But in general, I want to know your opinion about what happens next. What happens next in Vegas if you continue to put on events like this? Would people continue to come to the Pro Bowl? That's a good question. If you put that product out there every year, do you want that thing in Vegas every year, or do you have to grow with it every year. So do you have to grow with it every year? 702-365-9200. Would I go back? Yeah, I'd go back. I'd, I'd go back again, but I'd go back again with low expectations on the product on the field. 
and you know think of it more as a skills competition than a game. I don't know how you can play linebacker in the NFL and a guy's running right at you and you don't move or you touch him with one hand. Mac Jones, though, was the, the biggest blooper of the game was Mac Jones. Didn't think he was touched, and he ran the length of the field, he thought, to ice the game with the touchdown, and he had to run all the way back as all the other opponents on the NFC are like, what are you doing, son? What are you doing? We're not playing football. <laughs> you ran right by us all thinking that you scored a touchdown. You didn't score. Someone touched you. It's two-hand touch. And Mac Jones didn't realize it. Why would he? He's a rookie. Played in the league. He played at Alabama. They didn't play two-hand touch at Alabama. So those are some of the stories we're talking about here as we are on our way. Alvin Kamara, the Pro Bowl, the NHL All-Star Game, and then we'll get into the preview of the game. Coming up next, uh, we'll talk to Mark Anderson, who's going to join us in a little bit from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, all the events that went down here over the weekend, and then a lot more happening, a lot more happening, especially if Alvin Kamara was in a fight at 6.30 in the morning and practiced at 11 a.m. that day. I mean, think of that and what's happening with the product you paid for to watch that game if that was going on with just one player that we know about. So we'll get into more of this. We'll take your phone calls. We'll continue on. Then I'm out the door heading to L.A., and we'll be in L.A. the rest of the week as we continue on on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. A lot of good people to talk to. A lot of great people are in town this weekend. Everybody who had a good time uh, going to all these events here, let me know about it. We'll take your call, 702-365-9200, brought to you by BillsHappen.com. BillsHappen.com. They're Raider fans. If you need a loan, you need cash, they'll take care of you. BillsHappen.com. Welcome back, everybody. JT in Vegas on my way to L.A. As we still have a couple of more coaching hires in the NFL, it looks like Lovey Smith will get the Houston job. And then it's either going to be between Dennis Allen in New Orleans, who's been waiting a long time for that job. What happens to Dennis Allen if he doesn't get that job? And they go in a different direction after he's been the defensive coordinator and really the assistant head coach to Sean McVay if they bring in Eric Bieniemy, And how do you bring in Eric Bieniemy and not hire him? I don't know. This is very complicated to me. The Washington football team is now the commanders. They're a mess. As a lot of people now can't believe that Congress can't find a way to get Daniel Snyder out of this league. That is a developing story that we'll talk about at the Super Bowl. Chris in West Oakland. Thanks for waiting, Chris. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Yeah, I just wanted to call about the, the defense. Well, first off, about the Pro Bowl before I talk about the defensive coordinator. I don't know if something can be fixed, JT, that nobody really cares about. And listen, if I was an owner and had as much money invested in these guys, I'd pay these guys $200,000 not to play in the Pro Bowl. How'd you like one of your studs, all pro players, you know, blowing it? You blow an ACL or an Achilles in that game, you're out for all the next year. I understand the TV revenue. I mean, hell, I'm sure the, the Pro Bowl you know, drew a better rating than a WNBA game yesterday, and I'm sure it does pretty well, and I don't know how that factors in, but I'd go to Vegas and hang out and drink JT, but if they were playing the Pro Bowl on my front lawn, I don't know that I'd watch. It's just, it's not football. It's just, it's just a horrible product on the field, and I don't know how you fix that other than sell it as, hey, come to Vegas, have a great time. You know, have a few drinks while you watch an exhibition football game. Uh, as far as the Raiders coordinator, look, I've been on record for a long time, JT, going back to your history with the Raiders. Here we go again, another defensive coordinator. Yeah, he looks good on paper. 
Gus Bradley did a good job. Not great, but good. They didn't give up big plays. They were in the correct position. But as I've said over and over, I don't care who the defensive coordinator is. Until they go out and evaluate talent differently, which is why I like bringing in McDaniel and Ziegler, you know, not not because I don't believe Daniel McDaniel's won six Super Bowls. I believe he watched Tom Brady wins. I'm not saying I think it was an easy job, JT, is what I'm saying. Tom Brady was going to win Super Bowls regardless whether it was Josh McDaniels or not. But that's a different issue. But as far as Graham, look, we've got a secondary that still cannot play the football. Unless you go out and get playmakers, whether it's Ken Norton, Gunther, Gus Bradley, different coordinators change, JT, every other year, but the same problem remains. The Raiders are always in the bottom two or three in interceptions and turnovers. What was the biggest play and the reason the Niners probably aren't in the Super Bowl today? A gift wrap interception, and the guy couldn't catch the ball. So while I'm not going to denigrate this, this, this hire, I'm not going to say, oh, boy, the Raiders are on their way because we hired another coordinator. Go out and get me some playmakers. I don't believe this team can win if Jonathan Abram is a starter because you can't beat Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes twice a year with a safety that is completely clueless in the passing game. And I like Hobbs. I'm not ready to give up on more if he learns how to catch the ball. But the other guys in the secondary, we need talent and playmakers, not a different coach with a headset. And I'll never change my philosophy on that. Last time we went to a Super Bowl, Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson, guys like that. Now, those are two all-time greats, but they made plays. We need playmakers, not coordinators. Go out and get me some playmakers, and then the coordinator can have some playoff-type success because we do not have playoff-type players on defense. I don't care who you put on the sideline. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy Radio Row. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Chris makes a really good point. The players on the back end and the secondary have to be more productive in turning the football over. They do. And Gus Bradley preached that. They tried to do it, and they didn't do that. Uh, Jonathan Abram, what the, Casey Hayward, I thought, had a very good year. Mullen was hurt. Uh, Merrick's a good player. I like the way Merrick lines up and what he does. Let's get out to uh, Mike in Staten, Italy, in New York. What's going on, Mike? Thanks for calling. Mikey, are you there? All right, we're trying to get him up here. Having problems. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, with JT. Gotcha. Uh, JT, I wish this was going to be a friendly call. Uh, here's a couple of stats for you. With this, this Camaro, just this is pushing me over the edge. Since 2000, there's been over a thousand NFL players arrested for uh, been arrested. So I'm just going to go back to the last 20. The last 20 NFL players since April of 23, uh, players have been arrested. Two for murder. One, Tyrone uh, uh, Terry, a wide receiver for Seattle, murder or in a gang violence. Henry Ruggs, you know, DWI manslaughter. I, JT, something has to happen. Gun violations. DWIs with guns, assaults, it's, it's getting out of control. Uh, again, I don't, he's been arrested. Uh, he hasn't had his day in court. Uh, suspected of battery in, in Las Vegas nightclub. Uh, again, who, who knows? But JT, over a thousand NFL players since 2000 have been arrested. It, it's, it's just, and it's just not Las Vegas, Kansas City. You know, it's it's not the big states, Cincinnati, Seattle, Pittsburgh. You know, so I don't want to hear uh, Vegas. It started, it started, unfortunately, uh, started this year with uh, Jacobs getting getting arrested for DWI. Just Vegas had a bad run this year, three or four players. But this Kamara, 
this is a bad sign for the Pro Bowl to be in Vegas, any legs in Vegas. That's all they're going to say, oh, it was Vegas, it happened. It's not. A thousand, over a thousand NFL players have been arrested since the year 2000. Yeah, Mike, I agree with you. Thanks for the call. I mean, look, they've been trying to figure this out forever. Enhanced security, uh, having all of these conversations with players and, and symposiums, trying to figure out how to keep the players in a position where they're going to be safe and make good decisions. It comes down to the players. It comes down to young guys making millions of dollars, a lot of them who have been in small towns, never been to the big city, of them when they played a college game and they were in and out. And they're spending money. They're getting drunk. They're under the influence. They got a lot of money. They're showing off. They're partying. It happens all around. It just doesn't happen in Vegas. And this will continue to happen as long as you put millions upon millions of dollars in the pockets of young men. And they're going to go out and have a good time. And then at the end of the night, some of them are really going to struggle. Getting home, they're going to get DUIs, and they got to learn. And the league's got to do a great job with enhanced security within all the different clubs to make sure that they're always telling their players what's going on. They're always telling their players how to get home safe. They're always reminding their players that what could happen around the corner and what's going on and to be extra careful. You, you can't hold their hands. They're young adults. They're grown-ass men. The majority of them don't get in trouble. The ones who do bring all this negative attention to the league and the city. Let's get out to Mark Anderson from the Review-Journal. Mark, uh, just if you'd like to jump on the Alvin Kamara alleged crime and what's happening here. It looked like a great weekend for two all-star sporting events here in town, but it ends kind of ugly with the Saints running back. Yeah, unfortunately it does. Um, you know, and, and it just goes back to being the narrative about Las Vegas and until we can get in here, which you and I know is, is overblown, uh, but unfortunately uh, nationally, that's what pe- a lot of people read into it. And, but, you know, the Golden Knights all these years, well, you no know, problems, and you know, be uh, pretty good for the most part. And, you know, the Raiders, you know, obviously they had some issues, but, you know, look at the vast majority of the team, they behave responsibly and, my 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 feeling's always been if you find you can find trouble anywhere and you can you can you can uh, stay out of trouble anywhere. Yeah, and I agree with that. That's what I t- say and talk tell my sons all the time. But there, when you're at a nightclub at four in the morning or five or six in the morning, you can't do that in Appleton, Wisconsin. You, know, you can't do that in Charlotte, North Carolina. You could do that in Vegas. You can do that in Miami. You could find some things to do in New York late night. So, you know, with all the enhanced security and the police in this town and the cameras. You would think that all players that come to Vegas in the future is going to know this is not the place. And, and the police take it very seriously seriously in this town to protect tourism and protect the tourism dollar. You know, and that really should be the message that goes out there is I do think there are a lot of places in this country where, where athletes can get away with things. Uh, and you, you definitely see it really at the college level in, this, in the small college towns. Uh, particularly the powers where where, where athletes can feel like they they um, have a little more freedom to do things, uh, but here, yeah, uh, this city is is uh, this city takes it seriously about uh, making sure things are uh, you know, the, the laws are followed, and you know, people like to think that there are no rules here, but it, that's just simply not the case. Mark Anderson from the Las Vegas Review Journal, our Monday guest, and. Mark, what do you think of the Pro Bowl? I mean, I got to get over it. I thought it was so uncompetitive. They were playing two-hand touch football. There was no tackling there. There was some skilled players making plays, and 
a couple of big throws, but the fact that it's not competitive takes away a lot from it being a football game. Yeah, it does, and you know this is uh, this isn't new though. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, this is where the Pro Bowl's been for a while, and it's it really is hard to watch. You know, I, I watched probably most of yesterday was the most I've watched a Pro Bowl in in many years, mm-hmm. uh, and just because it was here. Um, if it wasn't here, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Um, mm-hmm. I just it's just it's just there's just nothing to see, you know, and. Mm-hmm. and I don't know what I really don't know what the answer is, and, and the NFL is not unique. The NHL has has been struggling with this baseball, which for the years was considered the best All Star game, has even had its struggles, and um, and basketball too. And uh, so I I don't know that there's a real easy answer for this. I don't want to see it go away. I hope they find a way to make it work, but you, you just can't have what you had yesterday. What do you think of the NHL All-Star game? Low-scoring game. Golden Knights involved with this. T-Mobile is showcased. I was over at Encore where the NHL was staying at and their executives and Bettman. It's a big deal. I mean, there's a, there's a buzz in this town about having the All-Star game here often. There is rumors in this town that Vegas is the shining the example for the rest of the league to tell the other owners to get up to speed with their teams and build an arena like T-Mobile and elevate your game. That's the sense I'm getting with Vegas and the NHL. Yeah, not only not only the arena book, what they did on the strip. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that to me, taking it away from the arena, just sort of like what the NFL's done with the skill competition, I think that's I think it's huge. And to really showcase the city that way, and next year it's going to be in South Florida and there's going to be a lot of pressure on South Florida to do this thing right after what Las Vegas did. And may, maybe this will be what you started seeing. Every city's going to start raising the bar, and maybe you'll just make it such an, an exciting thing. And, you know, I think the NHL is similar to the NFL, where it was really the skills competition that was the most interesting to watch. Um, you know, the NBA said that for a long year, long time with, with the, the day before is really the – or the night before is really the day you want to you want to see the NBA All Star Weekend. So I, I think that's kind of becoming the the, sh- the showcase now, and maybe that's something else to, that can be looked at too. So do you then necessarily need a game? Mm-hmm. Maybe you just have a bunch of skill skill events, and that's and that's enough. I I don't I don't know. Yeah. Finally, tell us. Mark Anderson's our guest. Tell us about UNLV basketball. What are realistic expectations for them coming up now, especially as we take a look in down the future for the conference tournament? What are you expecting? Well, it, it seems like it's like every year for the past decade. It's, you know, it's what do they do in the tournament? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and fortunately for Kevin Kruger in his first season, this is the best the Mountain West has been in, in many years. Uh, I think I, last I saw they had four teams projected for the tournament. Uh, so that's the most in, in many years. And so it's, it's, it's going to be real tough. I, I just, I mean, I can see UNLV getting to March and maybe pulling off one that's upset in the Mountain West tournament. I just don't see them running the table. Um, you know, and, and not that Kevin Kruger and his coaching staff are going to be open to the future, but I, I, I do think that's what it's about as this program is, is what does the future hold? Because I just, my expectations this season are pretty low. Fantastic, Mark. We'll talk to you after the Super Bowl. Thanks for coming on. You got a winner for the Super Bowl? Give me a pick on the way out. You know what? I think the better story is Cincinnati. I just can't see them beating the Rams, but I do mm. think it's going to be competitive. Thank you. Appreciate it. There he is, Mark Anderson. Thanks for joining us. I tend to agree with them. I'm rooting for Cincinnati. I think it's a better story, but I think the Rams are the better team. They have more depth, more experience. Uh, Coaching is pretty even. I think both the coaching staffs are pretty good. I just don't like the offensive line of Cincinnati. Uh, Burrow got sacked nine times in that game at Tennessee, and I watched the Raider game like we all did, and I thought the Raiders were the better roster. 
and the Raiders played him tough and had the ball first down on the nine-yard line before they spiked it. And then they had three shots at the end zone, and the last play they didn't get the ball in the end zone. So the Raiders, as we said earlier, Joe Fortenbaugh came on. The Raiders self-imploded in that game. All the Raiders had to do was their football. They would have won that game. They would have beat Cincinnati on the road. They didn't, and they've lost to Cincinnati twice this year. Do Raider fans want to see Cincinnati win because they lost to them twice this year? Or do you want to see another team do it in another conference that the Raiders really don't compete against? Should be a good game. The weather's going to be great. We'll see what L.A. does. L.A.'s got everybody spread out all over that city. We're going to have such an advantage in Vegas over L.A. I mean, think of the advantage we're going to have. The convention center, you could have Radio Row at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. People could walk to the stadium over the Hacienda Bridge. You could have it at our real convention center, the new one, with Elon Musk and the underground Teslas going into Resorts World. You could do anything you want here, but it's going to be up and down the Strip. L.A. is spread out big time. Glendale in Phoenix is spread out from Scottsdale to downtown Phoenix. Las Vegas has an opportunity with the NFL draft and the Super Bowl in 2024 to have these events come back all the time. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping L.A. pulls it off, too. You know, L.A.'s got a big task in front of them because the place is so big and so many cars are there. And there's a lot of traffic. They're going to have to thread the needle. I don't know if they can do that. We'll see. 702-365-9200 as we continue on. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. We'll look at a couple of topics for the rest of the week, tell you what we got lined up. And we're pumped up. Q's coming up next from Radio Row. I've seen the setup out there. And he did it. He got it. He got the equipment there. He drove there. He got it done. It's a big moment here in this company. You got a guy that hungry to get us out there together. Our all-support Q show. He's coming up next. This is JT on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT wrapping it up. Thanks to DeMond today on the board. Bobby will be back tomorrow. I'll be in L.A. tomorrow. Q coming up next from Radio Row as we take a look at the Raider coaching staff being put together. Rich Passacci of the News of the Day as. It looks like it's all but official. He'll be in Green Bay as the special teams coordinator there. We wish Coach Passaccia the best. What a good man. What a year he had. Uh, what a big moment for the Raiders making the playoffs for their first time ever in Las Vegas history. And he had a lot to do with that. The NFL has a lot of explaining to do about the Rooney rule of the lawsuit by Brian Flores. Uh, they initially said it was without merit. They put out a memo heading into the weekend. And it looks like they believe... There are some issues there that they need to clean up. Also, we're going to see what happens with the hiring in Houston where it looks like Lovey Smith will be able to do that. And how about this? Kyler Murray, the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, has unfollowed the Arizona Cardinals on all social media. Is he sending a message to the Cardinals? The franchise will be paying attention in the coming months. Murray has just two photos remaining on his Instagram account. A photo of him and Micah Parsons in their Pro Bowl uniforms. And a picture of him back in OU playing quarterback for Oklahoma. What is going on with this quarterback? Doesn't seem to be happy. Raider Reggie. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Reg. What's happening? What's going on, JT? Good to hear from you, man. You it's too. been a minute. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, real quick. One, Basaccia, man. I got so much respect for that man and the situation he was put in 
like we always talk about, he didn't choose this circumstance, but you take it. You take the opportunity to do something positive and make an impact for your future, which I believe he did. I did expect him to be not – I expected him not to be the head coach only because it felt like in this circumstance they had to reset and find, you know, the GM, the coach, and everybody's going to want their own guy. But with that said, I'm saluting Mr. Versace. I expect to see and hear about him doing some good things in the future. And now with this team going forward, with, as far as uh, – defensive coordinator i just hope i can't say what this guy is i don't know him but i'm just hoping they could get some teachers in here to mold these players to understand ball hawking and ball making play making because a lot of guys they run around and do all these different things but they forget the little details that you gotta to have as a player and if we could get some good teachers in here to teach these ways and these habits I think the Raiders will be on the right path. I did go to the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl, in my mind, was just going to be that, an exhibition, but it was worse than I expected. They might as well put flags on, JT, and just play. Without the NBA does and have these little, uh, uh, mm-hmm. ex, you know, expositions, because uh, it's not football. And I expected it. It's but this was a bit more extreme. Than All right, Reg, your phone's breaking up. I got to jump in. I appreciate it. It was, it was less than an exhibition, and it's been a struggle. I, I did this show last night, a little bit of it on the Pro Bowl, and I did two hours today, and no one, including myself, which I take pride in having some answers, literally no one has an answer what to do. I apologize if I wasted an hour and 40 minutes of your time. No one knows what to do. Everybody's calling in with no idea. I don't know. Make it an exhibition. Well, it is an exhibition already. They're not playing hard. We're not used to watching sports where you don't play hard. So take away the element of the sport that makes you play hard. Helmets. Play flag football and play the Pro Bowl as flag football. And I think the guys would play hard playing flag football. It's new. You don't think that some of these guys, Jamar Chase, Patrick Mahomes, would love to play flag, run around, but there's still a chance for injury. There's no doubt a chance for injury when you're playing football at that speed. But it is two-hand touch, so make it legal two-hand touch, which is flag football. And the kids are all playing it today, and I think it'll help with the kids because actually the kids like that because they play flag football. They're not going to play in the NFL, all these kids. They can relate with that with their stars and incorporate some kids in it. Uh, Jim in Vegas. Thanks for waiting. Jim, you're up next. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call, man. Yep, thank you. I was at the game this or at the festivities this week, last week at mm-hmm. the, for the Pro Bowl, and I'm probably in the minority here, man. But I had a good time. Good. Um, you know, it wasn't. Uh, it's not for the game. You know, I, I wasn't expecting you know Raiders Chargers kind of game. Uh, you know, it was a glorified practice. It was what it was, and where I had the best time was going out to the ballpark and and watching the practices, the open practices, uh, getting down on the on the sidelines there and getting to meet and greet you know, Hunter Renfro and, and Max Crosby mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the NFL stars and watching my uh, my son-in-laws and my and my kids get their uh, autographs and all the kids out there getting having their face light up when they got to meet their favorite mm-hmm. player and stuff like that. And I don't know why the NFL just doesn't do that, man, especially in this town with all the, you said it, with all the expo, you know, 
rooms we have here, all the convention centers, just turned it into an NFL fan experience, All-Star Weekend or something. Well, they're doing it at the Super Bowl the following week, and that's that's the tough part about it. They appreciate the call. They're doing the NFL Fan Fest at the Super Bowl. That's where they do it. The Super Bowl is much bigger than the Pro Bowl. So the NFL resources, it's a fair question, is already in L.A. as they're getting that all set up at the convention center. So with all of that happening, they can't do it twice. They don't have the ability to do it back-to-back weekends with all that equipment and what they're doing. But I, we did hear a number of people talking about the interaction of the players with kids and for players to get a chance to meet the kids, let the kids on the field, come down to the rail, take some pictures with them, give them some autographs. But that's not a football game. you still got to play a game. You know, ABC ESPN still buys the Pro Bowl for millions upon millions of dollars and tries to sell advertising against it. You have to play a game. And if you don't play a game, you lose that three to four hours of television that costs a lot of money. So they got to find a happy medium somewhere in between. I think the happy medium is to play flag, take the pads off if you're not going to tackle, and play a faster game of flag football. Raider Lou, you're up next on the Raider flagship. What's up, Lou? Hey, JT. Great show, man. I enjoy you. Hey, um, I do want to um, say that um, Rick Versace and the rest of the coaching staff that was there before, you know, I, I know they move a lot because I got a friend that coaches in the NFL and he's mm-hmm. been on like 10 different teams. So, I could, you know, we we want to tell them thank you as fans and maybe, JT, maybe you can get something where we can just, all the fans can send them something on an email or something that they, they know that we appreciated what they did for us getting us into the playoffs because, man, I, I, I've been with the Raiders for a long time and hadn't seen the playoffs in so long. So I just want to say thank you. But let me hurry up. I know you're at the end yep. of the show. I listen to you every day. But, JT, hey, that, that that's embarrassing. The That Pro Bowl is embarrassing. I'm a diehard football fan. I live and die all sports, but that is bad. Well, we just do a challenge. Just do a competition challenge. Because that was ridiculous. I, I was so embarrassed for for our stadium to have that in our stadium. I was I was I was disappointed. So um, yeah, we need to change that. And then my last thing, JT. Hey, the the the, the defensive coordinator that we hired. I was trying. I, great hire. I like everything that we're doing. But JT, can I ask you a question sure. regarding the the secondary? What do we need? That, that's our hardest. We need to get a young linebacker, mm-hmm. but our secondary, you got Trayvon, I mean, uh, Tra- um, Trayvon uh, Merrick. Merrick, 30 yards away from the ball, JT. I play football myself. Mm-hmm. I play safety yeah. in the corner. He can't do anything. He, he can make any plays that far. So, JT, is it is it the scheme or is it yeah, it's a we scheme. need to add more plays? No, it's a scheme. Appreciate the call. There'll be a new scheme under Patrick Graham. Uh, Gus had a conservative uh, scheme with the shell over the top. At times they had three guys back there against the Chargers. They did, and Justin Herbert was able to get the ball in between those guys. They don't blitz a lot, and that Legion of Boof style of two high safeties or three is more of a conservative style, and you got to have linebackers that can cover, and our linebackers don't do a great job covering the pass. They don't. we got a good edge rush this year from Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. Got a nice push up the middle that I think Patrick Graham's going to like with the players that are here. But they got to revamp the secondary and they got to get linebackers. Every year I scream the week of the NFL draft go get a linebacker, get the best available linebacker. And they never do. 
So hopefully this is the year that possibly they're able to trade for a linebacker or get one in the draft who can have an impact and really change the focus of the team's defense. Uh, Fabian, you're up next as we wrap it up. Go ahead, Fabian. Hey, JT. As always, thank you for taking the call. Thank you. Hey, we're just getting off I-5, headed back home to San Jose. And uh, we're so we were there. Mm-hmm. We really enjoyed going out to uh, the ballpark to watch the practice. Okay. A little chilly, but uh, you know the thing that I really liked about the practice was watching how much time uh, Max, Perriman, they're on the sideline mm-hmm. signing autographs. That was phones are breaking up there as he's driving. Appreciate the call. Thank you. As you look at that, those guys spending time, they get it. Max gets it more than anybody. Max is fantastic. The way that he presented himself in front of the world yesterday when he got the defensive MVP award, uh, the way he played with energy and was knocking down balls and playing at a very fast pace was outstanding. There were so many good things that they did. I thought it was great. So Max and Hunter Renfro was smiling and catching a touchdown. I love Hunter's energy and Perriman I didn't see much of in the game. And A.J. Cole doesn't get in because they don't punt. But he was fun. He had a couple of jokes he cracked on the sideline, which was pretty cool. So all of that is a good thing, that Allegiant Stadium got a chance to open their doors and host another big sporting event. And more and more people are going to get comfortable coming here. And they're going to want to do it again and again and again. They're going to get used to the traffic. They're going to get used to where to stay what hotel, resort, corridor, casino, or off the strip should be. And they're going to have more fun and spend more dollars here. And everyone's going to leave in a pretty good mood. I wanted to wrap it up with the Dolphins of agreeing to terms with Niners offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel to be their next head coach. A four-year contract, according to Adam Schefter. Now, he looks a little bit of a geek, a little nerdy. He's kind of a little bit funny on times during his conference calls and all that. But that is a massive move for him. I think it's a very risky move for Miami because the guy's more of a coordinator and assistant to Kyle Shanahan. Now he's in charge of that entire franchise after a lot of players on that team were very close with Brian Flores. Now, McDaniel, I didn't know this until last night, identifies himself as multiracial. He joined the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Ron Rivera of the Washington Commanders, and Robert Sala of the Jets as the league's only minority coaches. The Niners are going to receive two third-round draft picks, one this upcoming year in 2022, the other in 2023, as compensation under the Rooney rule for developing a minority assistant who was hired for an NFL head coaching job. So if you have a minority assistant on your team and that gentleman gets hired to be a head coach, you're going to get two third-round draft picks. That's pretty good. Those are players who can play. Those are guys that can make your team and have a difference with your upcoming season. So that was good to see there also. So that's where we're at. Damon, thanks a lot. Appreciate you being here today. Uh, Bobby should be back tomorrow. Q is out in L.A. where he's going to guide me through tomorrow, getting from Las Vegas to L.A. Mm, haven't done that in a while. I usually go to the Valley or go to the beach. But this is downtown L.A. And if you're going out for the Super Bowl do us a favor, follow us on social media at Raider Nation Radio. Uh, follow all the hosts and let us know where you're going to be. It'd be great to see some Raider jerseys. And all week long, it's about Cliff Branch. Thursday night, we should find out the news that Cliff Branch will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
and that will be one of the great parties in Raider history. This week's all about Cliff. I need Raider fans to focus on Cliff Branch with photos, text messages, and a lot of love for the great Clifford Branch.